So the reason you want to be on page one is because when's the last time you went to page two? Never, ever. Nobody goes to page two. 99.7 or 99.8 of searchers never go to page two. Hey everyone, I'm Emily Reagan, and you've discovered Unicorns Unite. This is a podcast for freelancers, service providers, virtual assistants, and curious listeners who would like to experience the freedom and flexibility of working virtually. We're the magic makers, movers and shakers, and the real people doing the work behind the scenes of online businesses. Welcome to Unicorns Unite. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Emily Reagan. I'm so glad you're here. I'm extremely excited about this episode today because I have Rachel Lynn Teigen here to talk about SEO, that search engine optimization. And the reason I love this topic so much was this is one of the main reasons that I started to create my own course. I was finding that there were other people in this world calling themselves virtual assistants, willing to help out with the digital marketing work, but not knowing a thing about SEO. And I was on a seven-figure entrepreneur's team, and we hired somebody to take over the blog, and this person, who I love dearly, didn't know very much, and I had to teach her. And I kind of had that aha moment that These holes shouldn't be there because they're the basics of what we're trying to do online. Business owners are creating signature content every week. They're trying to grow their email list, and they're trying to get more people into their world so that when they launch their products, their audience is warmed and nurtured. And content marketing plays a big factor in that. And as Rachel's going to explain today, there's more than just coming up with a keyword. There's a right way to come up with that phrase. There's a right way to rank on Google to get on page one. Rachel says it best herself. If you're not on page one on Google, then you're a nobody. She might not have quite said it so harshly. But we talk a lot about choosing those keywords and it's because it's the basic of the work we're doing. If we're helping our clients with Instagram, their social media profiles, especially Pinterest, especially anything on their website, we need to have SEO in mind. That's how you get discovered. On Instagram, it might be a little bit different. It's more of a hashtag strategy, but it's the same principle. So this episode is really good. I had Rachel over in my free Facebook group just a little while ago talking about finding the perfect keyword. She shares her freelancer story which is really good because she walked away from a high-paying job to go after something that she really loved so she could be home with her child, her son. I think you all can relate to this type of story, like not wanting to work for the man anymore and not wanting to get stuck in the corporate nine-to-five and finding that niche or that niche, whatever you want to call it, that you really love that actually has the opportunity to really make you a great income. As you specialize it's going to get easier to charge more. And SEO is a field that clients just, they all need help with. There's just not enough time in the day to do it on their own. Okay, so without further ado, let's jump into Rachel's interview. And I just want to remind you really quick, if you haven't signed up for my masterclass, How to Work Online, you can do that right now in the show notes below. We're going to cover the areas that business owners are hiring, these course creators and online business owners and coaches and service providers. And this masterclass will teach you everything you know to get started so you don't walk in unexpectedly like the girl on her team who didn't know anything about SEO. Like, I want you to be in the know. So sign up for this masterclass. Okay, let's jump into the interview. Hey, 
We're live, just like that. We're live. Hey, everyone. I have Rachel and Tigan here to talk about SEO, and I am so excited about this because I'm a digital marketing nerd. I know how important this is to everything we're doing online. So, welcome, welcome. Tell everyone hello and where you're from. Hi, Emily. Thank you so much for having me. I am also a complete and total marketing nerd, so I love this. We are going to nerd out today, and hopefully, everybody else will have fun with us. I am based in Tucson, Arizona. So nice and warm, sunny. Feels like we live on the surface of the sun in the summer. That's the downfall. Yes, that is. So are you from that area? Have you always lived there? No, um, we've been in Tucson about two and a half years. We came for my husband's career. He had a great opportunity here. The fact that I worked for myself became a real blessing at that point. We can talk about that in a minute if you want, because I was able to roll with it and just move my business and take a week off to get the family settled. Um, we've been in Phoenix about 20 years. And okay. before that, I was in Iowa. I actually grew up in the Midwest. No way. I grew up in yeah. Nebraska and would be, I was just talking about this with our last guest. She was from Nebraska and I would get on the bus and go to Iowa and do tassel corn. <laughs> oh, funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so Very funny. funny. I can totally relate to you saying you have a job that you could take with you. and. I am a military spouse and I'm moving like every two years, sometimes one year. And when I had my last baby, my first baby, I mean, like put that in my head. I (laughs) I can't keep starting over. This is too hard. And so when I got into the online space by accident, it was like the perfect fit because it could roll with me. And every time we PCS to a new place, I did have to relearn a media market, start over with new connections. So like, I love this about you and you have a really fun origin story is what we would call it. So tell everyone, like, walk us back to the beginning of your freelance journey and where you got started and like what you went to school for and then where you are now in your business. Sure. So I went to school for journalism. I have a degree in broadcasting from the Cronkite School at ASU. I was going to host the Today Show. That didn't quite work out, but it's okay. (laughs) <laughs> so You're here my now. father, <laughs> exactly. My father wanted me to study marketing from the time I was young. He said, you are a born marketer, girlfriend. Like that is what you are supposed to do. Well, who wants their parents to pick out their, I mean, no. So his requirement was I had to take marketing and PR related courses for my undergrad, like minor. I had to take as many of them as possible because the whole journalism dream he was afraid wasn't going to happen. So I went into marketing. Content marketing became a big thing around 2011, 2012, when Google really started focusing on quality content. I spent five years, close to five years, with an agency based out of Manhattan that was so much fun. I was living in Phoenix at the time, running the office in Scottsdale, but in and out of Manhattan on a monthly basis meeting with huge clients. I led the SEO and content strategy for companies like Kirkland's Home, Godiva, Hearts on Fire Diamonds, The North Face, Burt's Bees, like really big e-commerce companies. And it was it was a girl's dream, especially a girly girl like Steve Madden. I mean, you'd be We'd be on a trip in Manhattan and you'd spend the week talking about diamonds, chocolates, and high heels. It was awesome. Then I met my husband and I had my little boy and he was everything I'd wanted. I didn't have him until I was 39. So I waited a long time. I got my MBA before I had him, all of that. And then that job that was so amazing really sucked because I got up and left before he got up. 
my hubby got him ready for school. The nanny spent the day with him, or he went on to his Montessori school and I saw him for two hours a day in the evening. And so I knew it wasn't working for me. It broke my heart. This was all I had ever wanted and it wasn't working. When he was a little over a year old, the agency that I worked for sold to an investment firm and it ended up being a blessing because I was laid off. And at the time, I remember freaking out because I made really good money and I was really good at what I did. But as I started looking for other jobs, none of them had the flexibility that I wanted. And I had a good friend I'd worked with a few years earlier who'd gone out on her own as a freelancer. And I remember calling her and saying, Marlene, can we meet for coffee? Can we meet for breakfast? Can we do something? I really want to talk this through. Do you really think I can do it? And she's like, of course you can do it. And so I started just talking to a few people in my network, picking up a couple of little freelance gigs here and there. Everything that got me started was my network. It was all people who I had known and worked with for so many years. And as I was still looking for my job, trying to figure out what I was doing, I was building a website and I was starting to blog about content and SEO and marketing in general. And it was actually my husband who gave me the final push um, right about four years ago this time. We had a date night. The nanny had our son and we had dinner at this amazing restaurant. And I was at interview number seven for an excellent job leading content marketing for a major e-commerce retailer, somebody based in Phoenix with 800 locations, billion-dollar company, pretty much going client-side for the type companies I had done the agency-side work for. And he looked at me and he said, you don't want this job. You want the steady paycheck back. He said, that's the only thing you really want here is the paycheck. You don't want everything else. And I said, I don't. I want to go out on my own. But what if I don't make the kind of money that we're used to me making. And he said, it doesn't matter. Will you be happier? It's going to take you at least five years to get back to where you were. And with that blessing and that pressure relief of the income, we went for it. So that's where I, I went. I landed. It was a couple of months later. I landed my first couple big clients. And then my husband got laid off the month after I got my first oh, client. No. So it was like, oh, okay, do I go back to work? Like, do you want me to go look for something? I, I can't support us fully with what I make, but I can like, I can go back and just, no, no, we have money and savings. We're safe. We're careful. You've got a dream and it's proving that it's working. So even in that moment, he didn't push me to go back. So how so, many years were you into your like all in freelance business when he lost his job? Six months. Six months. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I had less than six months or right around the six month mark. I had just gotten the very first couple of gotcha. big clients at that time. Okay. I wasn't quite sure, but you know, that is such a, like a, a testament to the problems that come up when you start your business and like making you like self doubt everything and can you oh, yeah. do it? But it's like in some fashion is making you go all in and kind of testing your will here. But that's oh, like yeah. the fire you need to just really rev it up too and like play a bigger game. Oh, absolutely. Like I pushed so hard because he's our breadwinner. No matter how well I did, he's our breadwinner. He was the CTO of the company he was with. Their okay. investor pulled out. I don't like investors. <laughs> <laughs> you say. You I don't, don't like say. investors anymore. So yeah, that was how we ended up moving. He got this great opportunity and it brought us here to Tucson. Had I still been in 
my role with the agency, I would have had to have probably gotten a new job because they weren't as open to, you got to remember this was pre-COVID. People were not as open to remote workers as they are today. Yeah. It's a different world now. Thank God. Yeah, it really is. Okay. I want to go back a little bit to when you first yeah. started taking on clients. Like what were some of those early tasks you did? Did you have clarity in where you were going with your business or were you kind of doing what a lot of us do at the beginning to say yes and build it? It was a mix. So okay. <laughs> I had clarity with what I wanted to do, but okay. it didn't mean that clients wanted to pay for what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So I came out of it with I am going to do a content marketing agency. I have a degree in journalism. I have an MBA. This is what I've done. I've spent the last seven years between two different agencies in content marketing and with some great content marketing agencies. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do blog posts. I'm going to do content strategy. I'm going to do website content strategy. And then it was like, do you know anything about Facebook ads? Can you help with this? Can you do that? And you know what? When you've got bills to pay, you kind of do some of those things, even if, and not that I wasn't good at it. I knew how to do Google ads. I knew how to do Facebook ads. I knew how to do all of that, but they were not my sweet spot. They were not the same as SEO and content strategy are for me. Yeah. How did you transition out of that messy beginning? Because that's totally what I teach, especially for people who don't quite have the clarity and you're standing on like years of experience too. So you do have that advantage, but you still had that messy beginning. How did you get clearer with like what services you do offer? Like what was that pivot point or tipping point, I guess, for you? So I've pivoted a couple of times trying to figure out what to teach and where to go and what people want to learn. So I originally came out and I said, I am going to do content marketing. Well, what I realized is small business owners weren't really familiar yet with the term content marketing. And remember, this is like 2016, 2017. So content marketing was taking hold within the big companies, but not within the small industries yet. So that was part of it was I built this site and this business that couldn't really, it wasn't offering what small businesses were looking for. So I had to pivot a little bit. What I found was some of them couldn't really afford to hire someone to do the done for you services. So they wanted to know, was there a class? Was there something else? So we were talking about it. And I, my husband is probably, he's not my business partner, but he is like, he's (laughs) my biggest supporter and cheerleader. And sometimes you know, he and I'll sit down and discuss the strategy of it. And he said, I think you need to grow your customers. So we originally started looking at online courses to grow the agency side customer base and to get them to a point where they were making enough that they could hire. And then I realized I didn't really want to take on a lot of done for you services because I love the training side of it more. So the first class was SEO and that was in 2017. Okay. And nobody bought. Anyone else ever have a failed launch? <laughs> Anyone else like start yeah. out and be so excited and everything's going to work because it seems like online courses are, you know, it's just overnight success. That's the biggest lie, you guys. Oh my God. There yes. is no such thing as overnight success. I had 15, almost 20 years in the corporate world before going out on my own. Okay. Thank you. I may look young. I am 45 years old. So it takes a while to figure it out. So I did the SEO class. I thought nobody wanted to learn because it didn't work. So then the next year I did one on marketing and marketing worked, had some good results. 
had some feedback from beta testers that it was really, really good. And if I would add a little bit in the beginning about how to start that actual business, it could be a full business builders group program. So that's what I was working on, targeting moms like me, women in the corporate world who wanted to leave. I was set to launch my big business builders blueprint program in March of 2020. Oh no, not 2020. <laughs> I feel like I know where this is going. <laughs> Needless to say, do you know one working mom who had time to consider building a new business in 2020? Yeah. So I scrapped it. I never launched. Oh. I figured there's no point. That class is sitting there ready to go. I have my opt-in. I have all of that. But there was no way that my ideal customer was ready. So I spent a few months kind of trying to pick up the pieces and figure out what my move was. And I'm in this fantastic group and we have these small little breakout groups. And one of the gals in my group was launching her new website. And I was just helping her from an SEO standpoint and going through all the different things that she should be doing and helping her figure out her content. And she's like, why are you not teaching this? You make this make sense. And I said, because nobody wants to learn SEO. I started with that in the beginning. Nobody wants to learn it. And she challenged me to start over and to go way back to the beginning and do the ideal customer calls. And you guys, if you have not done ideal customer calls for your businesses, I'm going to challenge you to do them right now because they make the biggest difference. What I found was it's not that nobody wants to learn SEO. It's that they're afraid of it because it's scary. It seems techie. I had one lady tell me she thought it was over her pay grade. So what I want you to understand right now, guys, SEO is easy if you have the right person teach you. It is a rinse and repeat process once you understand how it works. And I am the least technical person you're going to meet who is an SEO expert. You do not have to be super techie to make this work for you. And I'll show you. Like it's so I my positioning has changed. Yeah. about how easy it is because it is easy. You just need somebody to show you how and to speak to you in human terms, not techie, nerdy boy term. And I'm, I say techie, nerdy boy with love because I used to be their boss and I would have to be on their calls with clients to explain what they were trying to say in terms that smart people who were not super techie could understand. Mm-hmm. So I've spent a long time translating SEO to human. I like that. I like that. That should be like your Instagram bio right there. I like it. Yeah, I should. People can understand that. I don't know what it is about SEO, but people's eyes glaze over. They think I can never do it. And it's so crazy to me because I've been in this situation very similar to you where I get a lot of clients coming to me and they know they need to do it but they've usually had some website person design a beautiful site for them and not do a dang thing. Yes. And then I'm like coming in there. I'm like, okay, we can get this going for you. And like, you know, realistic expectations that it takes time. But it surprises me so much how much even freelancers hear it and like, ah, they don't want to hear it. So I was on a seven figure creative entrepreneurs team and we hired somebody on the team to join us on help with blogging and with the content marketing. Mm-hmm. And I was shocked, Rachel, that she didn't know the first thing about SEO. And I'm like, oh my God, I love her to death, but I'm like, I'm stuck in this weird position knowing I'm yeah. leaving. I'm like, what do I teach her? 
but it was just, to me, it was so critical. There's, you know, you're going to, all this work that you're doing with content isn't going to work for the long term. Yeah. And then a big part of that too is Pinterest, which is a huge part of Pinterest is choosing the right keywords and being strategic with that. And so I was in shock and that's kind of how my course started as like the basics of techie things people need to know to get hired. And like, we think we know it all until we realize there's some things we just cannot Google and and, and won't put it in the right linear order for us. And SEO was one of like, kind of like my aha moment. And I'm not a pro at it. I'm not going to pretend like I'm a pro, but I know (laughs) like what to get going. I know like how to use some platforms and how to check on some things. And um, I just feel like everybody here in this group, whether you're a freelancer, whether you are a business owner, you like need to know what Rachel is going to teach you because it's it really is like like the foundation of your business. And I do have one question. If you could just clear this up yeah. for everyone, what is content marketing? So content marketing is the content that we create to connect with our customer to provide value. It is not necessarily to move them to the conversion. Though that is one of the objectives of a full content marketing strategy. When you do content marketing, you should have content that keeps them moving through the sales funnel at each stage. But not every piece you create is conversion driven. Yeah. You know, you're talking about blogs, right? Uh, Landing pages. Anything. So your website content is part of your content marketing plan. Okay. Your blog, your podcast, your social media your videos, your YouTube channel, any of it, anything that you create that someone can consume through reading, listening, or watching is essentially content marketing. The reason that content marketing is so popular is because it feels less icky and salesy. So right now, this is part of your content marketing strategy is having the podcast. It's part of mine because I'm reaching out to your audience now. We're hopefully providing a lot of value for them so it doesn't feel sleazy. But I really hope that they're going to go and check out some of my freebies that we're going to talk about because that's the end goal for all of us is to have people get to know us and like us and trust us. Yes. So good. And I like that you brought up that social media is part of it because I think some people try to place that in its own little like bucket. So why do we include social media as part of content marketing? Because social is how we're going to distribute the content that we create. Mm -hmm. So when we worked, like at the agency, we had a large team. We had offices in seven different states. We had a big team. We had content, social, and SEO that we brought all together under one umbrella because they are all intertwined. You can create the best content in the world. If it's not optimized for Google, it's not going to work. If it's not shared properly through social, it's not going to work. All three have to come together to make it happen. So you need to have SEO as your foundation. That's where you do your research. What does my customer want to know? How do I get it found on Google? How do I create the best piece of content? Like I'm working on content right now about how to use SEO tools to come up with your lead magnet topic so that you can find out exactly what your customer wants to know but you've got to have SEO to lead that strategy. Then you create your amazing content and then you use social to push it out and get that engagement and get the eyeballs on it. Oh my gosh, so good. And now why is it important? Why do we care about Google? Why should we want to rank in Google? Like why page one? Do you want to pay for all your traffic for the rest of your life? So the reason you want to be on page one is because 
when's the last time you went to page two? Never, ever. Nobody goes to page two. 99.7 or 99.8 of searchers never go to page two. Page two doesn't count, you guys. And if you're not optimizing your content, if you're not starting from the beginning with your strategy, choosing your keywords, creating content that people want, and then going through the full optimization process, you are on page two if you are lucky. More likely, you're on page five or six, maybe even 10. Nobody's ever going to find you. If you search for yourself and you cannot find your business name at the top of page one, neither can your customers. And if you go look and you see your competition there, trust me, they're going to your competition. They're not digging to page two or three to find you. And I don't say that to be mean. I say that to make people understand how important SEO is and what a huge difference it can have for your business or as a VA, if you get really good at it, how much more you can charge your customers for your services because you understand what to do and you know you'll get results. Yeah. And I can charge a premium when I do website design because I know to add in some mm-hmm. SEO tricks. And so my, yeah. my clients trust me because I have that on my proposal. I'm like, I will make sure I do that. How many times have I gotten in there and it's all blank and no one's done anything. So oh, that's yeah. important. And I want to bring this up because there's a lot of copywriters out there who uh, don't write for SEO. So you will pay lots of money depending on you know what kind of copy you're getting. And it's not always optimized. So like finding that person who gets the sweet spot is like is the unicorn in my book, right? Because it's a mix Absolutely. of different, different tools here. So, okay. So Absolutely. we really wanted to talk about how to find the perfect keyword today, yeah. because that is like the beginning of everything. And then I'm going, and we'll talk about some of your freebies where you guys can go to learn more, but let's start with that, like burning question of like, how do I know what the perfect keyword is and where do I find it? Okay. So there are some rules I have, look guys, I got notes. Okay. Cause <laughs> I am a nerd. <laughs> so I typed up my notes for us to make sure that I had my correct talking points and didn't miss any of the really important stuff for you because I've been teaching this for so long that it's all second nature, but I know that it's new and I want to make sure we get you the most important info. Okay. So when we're talking keywords, the keyword that you choose is by far the single most important part of your entire SEO strategy. Nothing else is more important. The reason being, if you choose a keyword that you can't rank for, even if you do absolutely everything right, you're still not going to rank because you can't rank for that keyword. And it stinks. And I know it. So you've got to understand how to figure out which keywords you can rank for. And this is a big part of what I teach in my class, because this is the most important part. So what we're going to look at, let's start with a couple of rules. So grab your pen and paper. You're going to want to write some of these down if you're not familiar with them. So the first rule is that how many times you should use your keyword on your page. Now, Emily, have you ever, when you've gotten one of those website projects, have you ever seen them use the same keyword on every single page? or the same title tag, or the same meta description? Honestly, on every yeah. I see people just kind of slap the same one on everyone, if they even did it at all. Usually it's nothing, if they did but it. if, if they did yeah. it, it's the same stupid one every page. Same thing. <laughs> so those are the two biggest mistakes I see. You do nothing, or you put the same thing on every page. The reason putting the same thing on every page doesn't work is because Google will only rank your website twice for a given keyword. 
Yeah, I saw your eyes pop. <laughs> I did not. So, guys, that. write that down. Google will only, only rank you twice. So, if you use the same keyword on five, six, 10 pages, you only have two opportunities to rank. So, by using unique keywords on every page, you automatically increase your potential. Now you have 10 ranking opportunities instead of two. So, if you have 10 pages, choose 10 different keywords. So, that's your first big point. Do not use the same keyword more than two pages. You're going to want to keep track of this. So the nerd in me has a big Excel spreadsheet that has all the keywords that I've used and where I've used them because you don't want to reuse them. You need to make sure that you're using unique ones. So that's point number one. Point number two, do you think when you're looking at a keyword, is the search volume the most important thing? Like the more people searching for it, is that automatically the best word? I would think that would make it harder to rank for. It often does. So the big keywords, what they call them are fatheads. So they're terms with like one word or two words. So, and fathead makes me laugh because they were truly one of my clients. (laughs) But (laughs) they refer to them as fatheads. So shoes, words like shoes. And I'm going to go through an example with you real quick. What we want to think about is the consumer intent more than just the search volume, because often those keywords with less search volume are closer to conversion. And so you can make more money by using them. So let's start with shoes real quick. As my favorite example, because everybody can relate to shoes. So the consumer searching for shoes, I'm going to assume it's a woman because we like shoes generally. (laughs) So she's searching, but is she searching for herself, her husband, her kids? What kind of shoes? We don't really know. So while we think ranking high for shoes would be great because there's like a million searches a month, position number one gets like 37% of the traffic. Can you imagine 300 and some thousand visits from the word shoes? If only I could rank there, everything would change for my business. But not really. First off, you're never going to rank for shoes. I'm sorry. I'm not here to be mean. None of us are going to, I can't rank for shoes. None of us can. Nordstrom is going to rank for shoes, Zappos, Amazon, Finish Line, stores like that. We are not, if you know them because they're in the mall, you're not going to rank with them. Like it's just the bottom line. Okay. So we're not going to rank for shoes. But what if she starts searching for women's shoes? Okay. We have a little better idea. We might be able to get a category page. What if she starts looking for women's running shoes? Now we're getting somewhere. Women's Asics Gel Kayano running shoes happens to be my running shoe. So it's easy to remember (laughs) for my example. Yeah. If she's looking for women's Asics Gel Kayano, dude, she's ready to buy. Now there may be a whole lot less search traffic for that term, but she knows exactly what she's looking for. And if you can rank high for something like that, you're going to make more money because now you're meeting the consumer where she's at. She knows exactly what she wants and you're ranking at the top of Google for it. You're going to get that. That's what you want. The reason we need to be at the top of page one. So even being on page one is not enough. Like I said a minute ago, 34 to 37% of the traffic goes to position one. Positions one, two, and three get a combined 60% of the traffic. So you really, really, really want to find keywords where you can be in positions one, two, or three. The next thing we want to think about is the importance of the term that we're using? And is it the term our consumer uses? 
And this, I'm going to pull a couple examples out of my corporate world days because they're easier to see and understand. So I had a client who wanted a personal aversion to the word kids, hated the word kids. We were only allowed to use and optimize for the word children or children's. But if you look at the search volume, when's the last time you searched for children's clothing, children's shoes? Nobody does. They search for kids. So we really had to, (laughs) yeah, like we really had to work with that client to help them see the potential for changing it and searching for kids. Another one was a British brand, fantastic brand, but they had to decide were they going to stay true to their British terminology in the American market or were they going to adapt? They were trying to sell jumpers, not sweaters. Well, in America, when you search Google for jumpers, you get bounce houses. So that's another. Interesting. Yeah. And I didn't expect bounce houses to be, I was picturing jumpers like, you know, old school elementary school jumpers, like little skirt things. I was thinking like in the Or jumpies. Yeah. Yeah. Put the little baby in there and they just go bananas. That's what I was thinking. (laughs) Exactly. So again, really think about your consumer and what are they searching for? Two more examples of that. One was a day pack versus a backpack. When's the last time you bought your kid a day pack? Never. Never. But that was what they were using and optimizing for. So we had to get them to adjust that and do the research and show. The final one was, do you carry a business bag or a briefcase? Neither. I carry the mom bag. <laughs> I do too. But you know, yeah. in the in the business yeah. world, usually it's I, I carry a bag full of way too much stuff. Um <laughs> But it was one of those where it was like, okay, guys, we have to go after briefcase. Business bag is not, it may be your brand term, but it's not what consumers use. So that's one thing I really want you to think about when you're doing your keyword research. While you start with your brand terms, you start with the words that you use. I also want you to think about the alternatives and I want you to look at the search volume. Here's where search volume does matter. If there's a huge difference, like children to kid, there was a difference of like 10 to one or 12 to one in the amount of search volume. So if you're going to do kids blue shirt versus children's blue shirt, well, you do want to look at that. So really spend a little time making sure that you're using the terminology your consumer is using. Then what I want you to do now that you're trying to figure out, do I have the right keyword? Now you need to figure, can I rank for that keyword? So I have a system that I teach my students and I can't go into full depth in a training like this, but if you really want to learn my fail-safe process, we'll tell you how you can find out about that. But for what you can do to make it easy for you for a good first step, go to Google, search whatever that word is that you're considering using. And I want you to look at who shows up on page one. Most importantly, who shows up in positions one, two, and three. How similar to you are they? And I want you to be very honest with yourself. You are not the same as Zappos. I don't care what your business is. Zappos is not a direct competitor (laughs) for any of us. Okay. I'm not a direct competitor for the agency that I worked for, for any of the agencies or companies I worked for, because my site is not as authoritative. So you're going to go and you're going to look. And what I want you to see is How similar are the websites that are ranking in positions one, two, and three for the term that you're considering using? 
If they are your competitors, they are local to you, they are businesses similar to you, you are on a really good path. If they are not, if they are names you know from the mall, you need to start over because you're not going to rank. That's going to be one of those situations where you do all the work, you do everything the right way, and you still don't get results because that keyword's just too big for you. And there's no shame in that. There's nothing wrong. You just don't waste your time. And if you choose a keyword that you can't rank for, it's a waste of your time and effort. And if you're doing this as a VA, you're not going to get the results. And you want the results to be able to show those testimonials to get more clients and to charge more money. Hey, let me just interrupt for a second and invite you to the How to Work on the Line Masterclass. I am teaching the five areas online business owners need to hire out right now. This is a free training. Just pick your day and time and attend and watch it when you get a chance. It's about an hour long. We're going to cover online business industry lingo, buzzwords, and the behind the scenes job positions you could be doing. We're also covering what you need to know to get hired online and stand out above the competition. Head over to emilyreaganpr.com, link is in the show notes, to sign up right now and get your learning on and you're going to gain clarity and have your eyes open to the remote work possibilities. I'll see you there. Once again, emilyreaganpr.com slash masterclass. All right, back to the show. That's the other thing, kind of a bonus tip here. What I want you guys to really focus on learning once you learn SEO is the analytics side of it so that you can understand. And it is a little nerdy and there is some data that you've got to learn, but you got to get really good in Google Analytics so that you can tell the story to your clients to show them how amazing you are so that they start telling their friends about you and you get more traffic from referrals and you get more word of mouth marketing and they invest more because they see results from you. So that's kind of something I want you to think about I'm not going to teach you about that today, but that's a really important part of SEO is understanding what Google Analytics is telling you Mm -hmm. and being able to advocate for yourself to your clients by showing them the results. So real quick, let's talk about where do we use that? So we finally figured out the keyword. We got the perfect keyword. We know that we can rank for it. We're pretty sure we're we're on track. So where are you going to use that? You're going to use it in your title tag. Mm -hmm. Your title tag is the first thing that people see in the Google search results. It needs to be less than 60 characters. That includes spaces, and it needs to include your keyword, your most important keyword. If you can include a call to action, something like shop, find out, learn, discover, we actually see an increase of up to 30% in the click-through rate. The click-through rate is the number of people who see your link or your website listing who actually click on it you can get up to 30% more people clicking by including that call to action at the beginning of your title tag. So if you can fit it in there and meet that 60 character limit and include your title, I mean, it's it's a challenge, but if you can do it, you can see some results. The next place you're going to use it is in your meta description. Now you want to think of your meta description as an introduction to what your page is about. It's a maximum of 160 characters. It definitely needs to include your main keyword. If you have secondary keywords, maybe you've chosen two or three keywords for your page. If you can include another of your secondary keywords in there, that's great. Make it conversational. Make it engaging. You don't have to say click here to learn more. 
but you want to make sure that people understand that there's some benefit to them by clicking. You want to make it exciting or enticing. Then you want to use it in your image file name. So whatever pictures you're putting on your website, you want to optimize them. You're going to want to use dashes, not underscores. So the little dash between your words, because Google reads those as a space. So Google understands that a dash is a space. Now, bonus tip for your image file name. Include your business name and you will be found in Google image search. Anytime somebody searches your business name, all of your website or blog images will come up as well, which gives you additional exposure. Plus it makes you look like a really big business. If somebody steals your image or wants to give you You credit and you're not watermarked, having your business name in there is very important, especially when we're talking about the pretty pictures that a lot of my designer clients have, like that will get a share and they're having a hard time tracking down who did it because someone shared it and someone shared it. So good tip. I love that one. Yeah, definitely put your brand name towards the end, but make sure you have your, your keyword and it's okay. If your image file name is this long, some of mine are, because they're like a long tail keyword that's got, you know, three or four words. Plus my business name is three words. Like, you know, you're having a hard time fitting it in there. It's all good. There's no limit. (laughs) Then you're going to want to use your keywords in your copy. You're going to want to make sure that your keyword is in your first paragraph of copy at all times. Very important. Now, I'm not going to tell you how many times to use your keyword in your copy. I don't subscribe to that type content development because I've seen too much bad content in my career. (laughs) I love it. I don't believe in telling someone use this keyword five times, use this one seven times because you get stifled content. You get crummy content. What I want you to do is to write your story, your blog post, your video script, whatever it is for your customer. And I want you to keep focused on what they need and answer their questions that are naturally going to arise about that topic. If you're not sure what questions to answer, Go back to elementary school grammar, who, what, why, where, when, and how. Answer those five, and you're generally going to have it work really well. Now, once you've written everything, then I want you to read it out loud to yourself. And I know this feels weird and awkward, and I used to make my staff do it in the department. Like My writers had to do that or have somebody else read it because That's how you figure out if it is naturally optimized the right way. Have you used your keyword enough? Have you used it too many times? If you've used it too many times, it's going to feel awkward when you read it out loud. You will know automatically, this sounds so weird. I got to do something else. I got to change it. Or gosh, I didn't use it enough. But don't go into it with X number of uses, just tell your story, answer their questions. Nine times out of 10, you are going to be perfect without having to worry about it. You do want to make sure your keywords in there three to five times, but don't go, don't focus on that. It's so bad when those articles are written and they're just stuffed with keywords. And oh, I just, I don't know. I think that just diminishes the brand. And I mean, I see through that because I, I know this game, but I do the same thing. I write it. And then sometimes if I have to go back and add it, I make sure I do it in a place that makes sense. Or usually I can find a way to do it at the end. Like I can usually get one more in the end. Like, I hope you had fun learning about XYZ, but 
try to get it in a headline and yeah, you're pretty good. You don't ha- usually have to overthink it unless you have a client mm-hmm. who's given you the crappiest content. Like I've seen that happen before. <laughs> oh, I had one and it was, they had bought product content from a content agency overseas. And I had to plead with them to never use it again because it was so bad. Like they'd spent a lot of money on it. And I said, you're going to hate me, but this is horrible. You can't use this. It was so bad that I started using it as my test piece for my writing candidates at the agency. If they couldn't turn this into decent copy, they didn't get the job. If they told me it was pretty good to go the way it was, I knew to stay far away. If they (laughs) sat there and looked at me and said, this is horrible. How do I turn this into something good? They were moving up. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love the test phase. That's so funny. We made everybody test. And guys, that's something when like with SEO, there are a lot of people who claim they know what they're doing because you can learn. There's no certification for SEO. You can learn it. It's self-taught. It's all of that. We made our staff, our strategist applicants, our analyst applicants, they had to do a project to show us what they would do for an SEO strategy before we would hire them so that we could really make sure. So if you are doing this and somebody asks you about your strategy, that's okay. Don't take offense. Have that conversation with them. You want to be able to show that you know what you're doing and explain how you would handle something for them. You're not giving away secret sauce. You're doing what you should within this industry to show that you are a professional and that you know what you're doing. I've been in the same situation. I was talking to a friend and she had hired someone to help her and turns out she didn't know a dang thing about it. So how do you, oh, prevent, yeah. how do you prevent that situation? You're saying like, ask to see the strategy. Um, yeah. and that's, is there any question you should ask in particular or like, I know it gets weird when you're the freelancer and people like want your strategy and then ghost you. Right. And but- that stinks. And I've had it happen to me and it does stink and I hate it. But so what I do, if I'm looking like, to take on a freelance client, I ask questions. I want to know, are they willing to invest the time that it's going to take? Because SEO is not a magic bullet. It is, but it's not an overnight magic bullet. It is, in my opinion, in my experience, which I've been in SEO more than a decade now, it is the single most powerful marketing channel because everything is based, everything else that you're doing should be based on your SEO strategy. Everything should build upon it. Yeah. So if you're doing it right, you're going to have so much success. I want to make sure that that client is going to understand and set the expectation that we may not see big results for a year or two. Like right now, my website is getting amazing traffic for blog posts I wrote three and a half years ago. That's awesome. So it is, but it's also, it's like, I want the stuff I'm writing right now to get the really good traffic and the results, but that's not how SEO works. And I know that. So you want to make sure, set the expectation that it's going to take a little while. This is why you have to understand analytics, you guys. You have to be able to submit a report to your client each month that shows how things are working. Do you have more keywords ranking now than you had last month? Do you have more traffic coming from SEO? What entrances, what pages have entrances? Because normally those entrances 
are your SEO traffic at work? So where are you getting the most people coming in? How engaged are they? Do they like the content that you're creating? So you're going to have to understand some things there about the time on site, the bounce rate, the exit rate, all of that. I teach all of this in my full SEO class just because there's so much you can't get into it quickly, but I do a full walkthrough of Google Analytics and what everything means and the type reports that I share with my clients to help them. And the reason I I teach, I want to teach both the people who want to do it themselves, actually three, the people who want to do it themselves, the people who want to hire someone, and the people who want to be hired to do the work. And the reason I focus also on the people who want to hire someone is that as a business owner, you need to know that you're getting the value for what you're investing in. One of my absolute favorite clients is also a cautionary tale. I love them. I've worked with them for the last three years. When they came to me, they were a referral. They knew my cousin. They needed. They <laughs> felt they needed somebody new for SEO. And thank goodness for my cousin who said, you got to get to know Rachel. She didn't really know what I did, <laughs> but she knew I did SEO and I'd yeah. done it for big companies and I was out on my own. So they called me and when I took over with them, Their website was a mess. They had a consultant. They had somebody they'd been working with and they'd been paying for two years. (laughs) They had pages that had no title tags or meta descriptions. They had pages that had duplicates. They had pages that were using the same. The guy hadn't given them a report. They'd been working with him for two years and he hadn't given them a report. He kept telling them he was going to create a report dashboard for them so they could go in and get it. And I said, you don't need a dashboard. You just pull numbers out of Google Analytics. It's pretty easy. I didn't want to do their first report because I knew in my gut it was going to be bad. And even when I ran it, they were down. They'd been with him two years. They were down every single month for the two years. So they had been paying him money and getting zero results, but they didn't know. And for 24 months straight, it went down. So it was real easy to look like a hero that first year (laughs) because anything I did was amazing. And they're like, they're happy. We tease that our monthly meetings are our monthly love fests because we've worked together so long now and things go so well. But that first year was awesome. The second year was harder because now I had to anniversary my own work and I had to improve my own results. And I did not. I didn't have the same stellar results I had the first year just because harder when you already know what you're doing. And now you're trying to perform even better. Now we're on the third year and we're even with COVID, we've gone up and up and up. They're a preschool. And prior to COVID, they were on a wait list eight months ahead of time. They were actually looking to expand their programs and add another building to add more classes because we had so many leads coming in from SEO. Like 62% of their website leads come from SEO. Oh my God, this is such good timing right now because here we're seeing all of this drama with Facebook and iOS and Apple. I'm like, this is why you play, you have to play this game and create content to help you get found. So like, what a good message to hear this now for everybody out there. And they're on a wait list. (laughs) Exactly. And iOS 14, let's just say right now, it sucks. It's stressful. It's been... I mean, even I'm SEO, but I do my own Facebook ads. It's been a struggle. And Facebook, I feel like, are you launching if you don't have a Facebook ads issue in the middle of your launch? Like, are you even launching if it hasn't 
caused some huge issue. I have a friend who's launching right now. Facebook shut her ads campaign, her whole account down on Friday. She can't appeal it. She can't get it back. She has no idea what she did. We can't figure out anything that she did wrong. And in the middle of her launch, they closed it down. I tell you, that's happening so much right now, especially when these changes. It is. Do not allow yourself to be dependent upon one channel because you've got to have multiple channels. Big businesses have multiple channels, you guys. As a solopreneur, you need to have multiple. You're at the mercy of everybody's algorithm and it sucks, but you've got to learn how they work. And that includes your website and Google and put that opt-in on there and get those email addresses and get them coming in from natural search, you guys. You don't want to pay for ads for everything forever because you can get that traffic for free once you understand how to work it. Now, I do... Looking at my notes, I got a couple of things here. Okay. I do want to say, I do have a freebie that is going to help you if you want to grab a copy of that SEO quick start guide. I know Emily put the link in there. The reason that's going to help you is it's going to go through everything that I just talked about as far as where you optimize. It's got all the rules with it. And then you don't have to write them down or remember them all. Just have that little guide there. The very last page of it is a checklist that I've used with clients for the last decade that will help you. I thought I had a copy of it here at my desk, but I don't. But it's just a quick checklist that you can look at to make sure your page is properly optimized before you go live. If you've done everything on that checklist, you're good to go. Some people, if you want to really up your nerd game, laminate and use it with a dry erase marker and reuse it. Not that I've ever, you know, laminated things at my desk for my staff or myself (laughs) as I look at my periodic table of content marketing elements and periodic table of SEO elements that are laminated. Um, It's okay, guys. Nerd out. It's totally okay. (laughs) The other thing that I want to say, especially for my VAs here, if you want to add SEO as a service, you want to be able to increase your revenue and what you charge clients, take a class learn how to do it, really understand it so you can answer their questions. And more than that, you understand how to show the results to them. You will set yourself apart. There are a lot of people out there who claim to know SEO. There are a lot of people who talk about, oh, I'm self-taught. I figured it out. You want somebody who sat in the boardroom (laughs) and had people ask the really hard questions who really knows why things work the way they work. So I would love to have you join me in class if you're finding this exciting and interesting. There's information there about my free class or the website, all of that. But I would love to get to know you better and help you learn how to do this and really grow your business because you make a lot more money if you know how to do it the right way. Yeah. And I'm so glad you brought up the fact that this is such a in-demand freelancer service. Um, I say the magical words of SEO and I have clients just begging to hire me. I mean, it is so needed right now. And there are not enough people. And I'm wondering, Rachel, do you have a certification? Like that might be something for you down the road if you do start getting a lot of students, because it would be nice to differentiate yourself, especially newer. And only because SEO takes so long to show that you've gotten the results that to be able to say like, Hey, I've done this class. Like this is like a primo instruction. Like I can do this because you're coming with lots of experience and knowledge and some of you starting new, this is why business owners get swindled. Like they don't, they don't know, 
right? They like yeah. can't really ask for the results in the portfolio with somebody starting new. So, and you hit the nail on the head with reporting and showing showing that every month. Because I, when I talk to business owners, they're like, I just don't know. I mean, sometimes they're letting go of their VAs because they're not sure if they're worth it. They're not sure mm-hmm. what their return is. And it's not always a revenue, right? We're not always bringing yeah. in sales. We're doing a lot of stuff on the back end. It's not as sexy that, you know, than like writing like a launch copy or something. So being able to show, like, look at these website statistics, like look where people are coming, look what they're searching, like all of that is where the magic really happens. You give that to your client every month, but you also have to be prepared to give it in a way they understand. <laughs> Cause usually yes. they're like, eyes are glazing over. Like, I can't understand this, but yeah, so good. This has been so great. And you've been so informative and I was just thrilled to have you on here. And I really want all of you to check out her class because I know she'll go more in depth and this quick start guide will get you going. And yeah, anything else you want to add? I am going to work on a certification because that's something that's been on my mind. I need to come up with one for students when they finish. That was one of our requirements at the agency for all of our staff. They had to be certified there used to be an organization called SEMPO, the Search Engine Marketing Professional Organization. Mm-hmm. They did a certification program. They stopped it in about 2013. Oh. So I am going to create one and I'll probably have to have a, a test or something associated with it because yeah, yeah, you do need that to help potential clients feel comfortable with, okay, this person really knows what they're doing. Yeah. And you, and that's what sparked it with me. I'm like, man, you were already implementing this test with your new hires and whatnot. Like that would be so easy for you to... Yeah to transfer to this online space. But like, I know how big this work is, how much, so much work there is. There's so much opportunity here. I go over it a little bit inside the crash course, like enough to get started with formatting the blogs, you know, a little bit of like the tools, but I know I've been really wanting to bring an expert in who can go all in. Cause for some of you, this is your route. This is like totally what you need and will help you just like, I don't know. Can I ask, I have like, I probably should have gone over this before. Like, can you give me an idea of like what your actual SEO services look like and like what you charge or, you know, whatever, whatever you want to divulge to give people an idea of like how this can, you know, bring in money. (laughs) Yeah. So when I first work with someone, so say they're working with a website developer and I'm doing the SEO strategy that's going to be a couple thousand dollars because I'm doing the strategy to determine what content are we going to have on the website? Uh, What navigation are we going to use? How are we going to structure it? I'm really like full on nerd out, but that's so important because we want to make sure that everything intermixes and everything interlinks the right way. So that's a couple thousand. If I'm just doing title tags and meta descriptions for a site, that I charge per page and I charge around 100, 150 per page for that. Okay. And I know there are some you can get it for less, but if you want to have somebody who really understands the keyword research and all, so that can easily be, you know, a thousand to fifteen hundred normally for a site, depending on and guys, that does not take me a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars worth of time to do. Let me tell you, once you understand this and you know how to do it. I do not charge hourly. I charge project for these things because they're worth a lot to your customer. I charge at least $250 for each blog post, sometimes more depending on the topic. $250 is one that's easy for me to write. It's something that I'm familiar with. I don't have to do a lot of research. 
It's just doing the research for the topic and then going from there and doing the optimization. Okay. Um, I charge them for the reports that we go through each month. So my average client probably pays in the 1200 to 2500 a month range. Um, okay. I've had clients who have spent up to 20000 with me or more, just depending on the size of the company and what they were looking to do. If we do a full content strategy where we really start at the beginning and we figure out the content pillars for the website, the blog, the SEO strategy, all of that, we're probably at least $5,000 to go through all of that. And I don't yet have a class that teaches that side of it, but I'm hearing from people that they want to learn that side. So I will be developing a course on that so that they can really learn and understand. But there's a big opportunity if you understand SEO you know how to choose it. Guys, you have to be able to get the results. You can't just say you know what you're doing and go out there and guess. You have to understand the process, the step-by-step. And I teach it all with, like, there's total hand-holding. There's all of that. But you've got to understand the process and know how to show the results. Then your business can really grow. One of my favorite clients ever was, um, they referred to SEO as the unstoppable train. They did everything we ever recommended from a strategy standpoint. We were allowed to lead the strategy, the content, all of it. They made over a million dollars a month just from their SEO. Now, granted, they were a big company. I had a lot of clients that were in that million plus per month from SEO. Like Those were fun meetings. But when they're calling it the unstoppable train and they're increasing, they would call us and say, I have $30,000 extra to invest in SEO. Can we do more blogs? What can we do? And then they would scale back like Google ads because they were getting better results from SEO than from Google and Facebook ads. They were getting a better ROI, a better return on their investment. So for every dollar they invested with SEO, they got more back than every dollar they invested with ads. Oh my God, that's amazing. And I believe it because I see ads and I skip over them. That's that's yeah. how my brain is. So people don't click on ads. Like look at Facebook ads. One percent is a good click-through rate. That means 99% of the people don't click on it. Yeah. Google's the same way. Google is a three percent click-through rate. 97% don't touch it. Oh don't you gosh. want something that more people are gonna click on? Wow, I didn't know those numbers. I mean, obviously I knew Facebook ads because we're like, yay, we got 1% click-through rate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Woo, I'm getting a 1.5 this week. Yay. But when you flip it, you're like, wait a second, 99. 98.5 <laughs> don't like my ad. But when you get to SEO, if you can be number one, you're getting 34 to 37% versus yeah. your, your, like the ads are looking for scraps. Yeah, They're looking for one to 3%. SEO is like, 30 to 37, like guys focus on the big money opportunity. Yeah. Wow. Low hanging fruit right there. And it's so funny. I had a a client I was doing some podcast pitching for, and when we Googled her name, we got this bodybuilder. It was clearly not her. And I'm I'm like, look, Uh I know you've been successful in business. You're, you know, pivoting as a business coach. Like you need to be number one for me to want to work with you and not this other lady who's got like a very muscular body (laughs) and like spends all her time in the gym. I'm like, that's awesome for her. But like, especially when you're competing for the same name. So that it brings so much to like the credibility factor to booking speaking engagements to people like when they're searching you and um, like your about page should come up, like your page should be number one. And that goes for all of you freelancers out there who are thinking about building your website right now. Like, I just want to encourage you to think about like your content strategy as well. So 
Rachel, go right now and Google me. And I know my, my last name's hard to spell, but go yeah. and Google Rachel Lintagen or Etched Marketing Academy. You should find me in multiple places on page one. You're probably going to find my LinkedIn. If you're real curious, you want to see if I'm legit, go check LinkedIn. Um, you'll find some of my social profiles, but you should see multiple pages from my website. That's what you want, you guys. You yeah. want them to be able to find you so easily. Yeah. You'll find there's a couple people who are now trying to copy my business name now that it's like getting there. There's I'm etched marketing and then etched marketing academy. Now there's like an etched in marketing and there's another, but I'm, I'm still ahead of them. I'm so glad you said that because while you're talking, I was like, where is Unicorn VA? Unicorn VA is one of those terms that is hard to rank for, but critical that I rank for, right? Mm -hmm. And I just Googled it. I'm like, I'm number one, I'm number two. Well, guess who's popped up? Three, four, and five is and eight, like people who are copying me. And I probably made the mistake of not doing content. I well, I wasn't blogging when I first came up with my idea, but like I got it first. I thought of this first <laughs> and now but we have these copycatters. Yeah. So yeah. it does help that not only that, my um, social media platforms have my keyword, right? Because yep. those are showing up. Pinterest has my keyword. Like yep. we could, ju- we could just go on and on here, but we're going to save that for your class and like your in-depth learning. So I encourage you all to sign up for Rachel's free training. Get her guide right now. And thank you. Thank you, Rachel. If you guys have any questions, Rachel's here in the group. Just drop them. If you're catching this on the replay and she can come back here and answer them for you. So thank you yeah, so just, much. You're welcome. Just tag me and I will be happy to hop in and answer questions and help you. Yeah. All right. Thank you. We'll talk to you later. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. I think Rachel is fabulous. If you want to learn more about her SEO course, her masterclass, or working with Rachel, you'll find everything in the show notes. You can connect with her there. I encourage you to check out her freebie. Uh, She just knows her stuff when it comes to SEO. I love it so much. It's the basis of everything we're doing online. I cannot stress that enough. You don't have to be a whiz at it, but you need to know it exists and where to steer your clients if you're not going to be the one to do the work. All right, next week on the show, we're talking all about discovery calls and how to show up confidently. If you haven't done already, hit subscribe for this podcast. I'd love it if you left me a review or even send me a DM on Instagram, Emily Reagan PR, and let me know what kind of topics you want to hear. All right, I'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. See you next week. ready to learn the digital marketing and social media skills that will get you hired online, head over to vacrashcourse.com where you can learn about my five-week program, the Digital Media VA Crash Course. Small business owners and solopreneurs want to hire someone who gets it and who can help them implement just about everything. They're looking for a magical assistant who does it all. With my comprehensive training, you can get your foot in the door and become a unicorn. Check out vacrashcourse.com. Can you sit down? You're distracting me. Um, That was my daughter in the background, by the way. I'm like super frustrated here because I usually like to take notes. And my husband stole my pen. I have all these like broken pencils. (laughs) I'm like... (laughs) 